Jets, my name is Ryan, and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilots. I have Greenbee, the Jets fan, and Matt O'Leary. Boys, how you doing tonight? Greenbean, I'm going to toss it to you first. I'm fired up, man. I'm ready to get into this thing. This two hours is going to go by fast, I imagine. I'm psyched. I love it. Matt, how are you doing on this fine evening? Yeah, doing good. Uh, excited to get. We have a lot to get into, and I, I think the conversation is going to go a few different ways. So I'm very much so looking forward to it. Well, I'm all sorts of excited uh, for everything. Before we get started, I said yesterday during yesterday's stream we got some big, big news uh, for the channel, for me in general. June 2022, we're getting a new co-pilot. Your boy's going to be a dad. Cannot wait. <laughs> Cannot yeah. wait. Very, very excited. Baby girl coming June 11th. Um, Greenbean, how, what, what's it like being a dad? Oh, so let's see, man. Uh, just to be clear, I never wanted to be a father. Never in my whole life until I was one. Never. <laughs> I never thought it. And uh, it is the most rewarding, awesome, incredibly beautiful, powerful, potent thing that I could have possibly imagined experiencing, man. Tiring. It's hard, like anything else worth having. Um, but yeah, dude, you're going to love it. You're going to be a great dad, man. You have dad all over you, buddy. You're going to be great. Dude, I can't wait. I'm really excited because like, I it, it's something that I've like, I've always looked forward to. And so the way Becca told me, I, I actually found out October 1st um, and I come home from work and Becca's like trying to like lure me outside my house. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. Like, she's like, oh, come on out here. I got it. Like, I got you something. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. You know, bam, like this is like whatever. And we have cameras outside our house. So she recorded my reaction <laughs> of her oh, telling me, I was like, oh man, like I'm going to be a dad. I'm so excited. Like, really, really happy. James says, Ryan's already mastered the dad joke. Let me tell you, I love dad jokes. I will drop dad jokes for days. Yeah, you got any? Like, do you have any on deck? Give us one. Do you have any? God, on deck. This is tough. Yeah, it is. Hmm. Now I'm on the spot. I'm, I'm very situational. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I'll, I'll come up with you one hear? as we're going, and I'll just stop dropping like yeah. little dad jokes. I'll give you one when your kids get a little older. I was told this when I was six years old. You ready? Six or seven. I had an advanced family. Uh, what's pink and sits at the bottom of the ocean? I would have said maybe an octopus. I don't know. Starfish. Mm. What do yeah. you got, Matt? Anything? Starfish? Coral. Coral. Moby's dick. It's <laughs> 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 stupid. Amazing. I like it. I'm, I'm a fan. Um, oh, old me heard that. So <laughs> I've, I've learned a whole <laughs> bunch of different things. Uh, one thing I heard was pretty funny. So going to be a girl dad, uh, her, one of our, one of our buddies goes, Oh yeah, let me tell you, we had, um, the best thing I ever did. My girl, my, my daughter comes home with her first boyfriend. I flipped him a shotgun shell and I said, you make her cry. The next one's coming a lot faster. I was like, 
writing my notes down. <laughs> like, huh. Making sure I'm going to make sure I get like a, a, a faux jar of um, what looks like testicles to hang on my mantle. So I'd be like, oh, that's from her ex-boyfriend. I'm not afraid to go back to prison. <laughs> oh, man. I've got all of it on lock. Congrats, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Joe yeah, S. Be awesome. Congrats, Ryan. Best thing in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Very much looking forward to it. Um, but we got to talk some football. Got to talk a little bit of football. Now I got to get back to my other part where my comments are. Uh, so the Jets wind up losing to the Dolphins this week, 24 to 31. And uh, it, it seems like people are all over the map on this. It feels like the content creators are all kind of on board. And it seems like there's a faction of media that uh, is, is not <laughs> with certain aspects. So Green Bean, I want to throw to you your thoughts on the Jet game and, and tell us a little bit about uh, some conversation that might have gone on. To, Matt, was it you or Green Bean that like, lit the fire initially? I don't know. I, 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 I watched it from both guys. Yeah, I, I feel like you can maybe make the case for both. But um, I, I think Green Bean's going to take the lead here when he gets his mic situated. Can you guys hear me? There it is. <laughs> there it is. Okay. I don't know, man. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think I started anything. I think uh, unless you talk about the video I made in April when I was talking about this stuff uh, with that call to action video that I made. Um, but, I mean, look, dude, the the truth is with, with these guys um, is that they – like they have a job to do, right? Their job is to is to get us fired up, no matter what it is, and uh, so we respond. So they get clicks, so their advertisers, you know, can justify spending a million dollars, whatever it is, on an ad. So that's what they're doing. the The problem I have with it is not that. The problem I have with it is that they are making it actually more difficult for people to succeed here by their petty little antics. Um, than if they weren't doing that. Like, for example, uh, Zach Wilson threw nine interceptions in his first five games. In his last five games, he threw two. Uh, in his first five games, he did not score a first quarter point. He's now had two games with multiple first half touchdowns, opening drive touchdowns. Like, the progress is there. Is there shit to talk about on the ball? Yeah, of course there is. But the progress is there. They don't even touch it. They have taken one sentence, one sentence that he said, which was DJ Enemy, the Miami Dolphins fan, by the way, that they've hired to cover the Jets. I wonder what the motives were there. And we talked about that last year when he was hired. It's just so transparent to me. But so he says, hey, man, uh, I noticed that. The other quarterbacks threw 300 yards, and since you've been under center, there hasn't been a 300-yard game. It's like, well, he said, I don't give a shit about any of that. Like, I'm not – that's not my concern, 300 yards. How about me? I'm trying to learn the option, uh, the offense, trying to get my footwork down, trying to make sure I go through the proper progressions, trying to build chemistry with my – that's what this year is for me. And basically, they took his answer, and this includes guys like Bart Scott and Dejer or Dejay Losable, I forget how to say it, um, who are generally pretty, pretty good – 
guys. You know I mean, they're exciting, they're fun and all that. But it's like everybody jumped on this one sentence that this 22-year-old kid who has not thrown a pick in the game that they're talking about and threw, threw you know, multiple touchdowns. And I don't think he threw one, but led the offense to multiple touchdowns, ran one in. And nobody talks about that. We're 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 taking this one sentence and making it a huge story. Matt put out on uh, on his Twitter and on his Instagram clips of the response from the four, you know, the top four beat writers, Connor Hughes and Rich and everybody. And it's it just looks like they sit in a little room together and go, "What should we say together? Let's all say the same exact thing." Like that's what it looks like. And for me, it pisses me off because. Uh, the kid is progressing. Now, is it maybe not as fast as we want? Sure, there's an argument there, but it's there. And nobody talks about that. They they choose to rip out and pull the one potential court of drama. And in my opinion, it uh, it makes things more difficult for a young quarterback to succeed. And the thing is, guys, is beat writers don't provide us with anything. Matt, me, you, we watched the same press conference. They didn't give us any information. Beat writers are supposed to have a relationship with the organization. They're supposed to be able to get information and access that we can't and give that to us. Give us a, a point of view that we can't have. They watched the press conference that we watched and said something about it. Ian Rappaport, Glazer, Schefter, they break more stories than Rich Samini, who's been on this beat for 30 freaking years. They haven't broken a story in decades, man. And that's the thing. There is no value. So all they're doing is trying to make our lives and the lives of our young players more difficult. And that pisses me off. Matt, your thoughts on the topic. Yeah, I mean, Greenbean said it really well, and I'm glad that he went first because he articulated it very well. And I think the reason why I screenshotted those three tweets and then the fourth, I guess, was kind of like just an overarching like recap of I forget who put it out. doesn't matter now at this point, but it's just so frustrating that that's the biggest takeaway when this defense gives up 30 points every single week. And like Greenbean said, you want to look earlier in the year? The interceptions were there. There was, you know, Aaron throws. And sure, against the Saints last week or whenever it was, there were some throws where it made you scratch your head and say, okay, yeah, he looks a little bit off. No one's going to deny that. But this week, while they didn't win the game and in the second half really didn't do too much at all, you can point to, okay, he didn't turn the ball over. The the Aaron throws really weren't there. There was one. He overthrew Michael Carter. That's the only throw that I could go back and look at and say, yeah, I probably want to have that one back. Other than that, I thought he was fine. It was the offensive line this past week because they had a fourth string left tackle. And on the interior, for whatever reason, they struggled as well. So I, I that is like the Zach Wilson was the furthest storyline from that game in my eyes. I thought he was fine. Was he Good or great? No. Was he bad? Also, no. I thought he was okay under the circumstances. And that's the thing. Like, we're really not that different in theory than the beat. For example, let's, you know, break the fourth wall for a second. Mm -hmm. We all get paid by how many people come and either click on your article or watch your video. So in theory, we're trying to get as many people to see our stuff as possible. But we go about it in completely different ways. For the beat, it feels like it's always uh, trying to spin something negative, rile someone up, or or trolling. 
Like, for example, I, I don't even follow him anymore, but it came across my timeline during the game yesterday. Connor Hughes was tweeting about how, oh, Nick Mullins looks good with his, yeah. with a ton of guys. out. He had 140 fucking yards in the fourth quarter. What are we talking about here? Yeah. Come uh -huh. on. Like, let's get real. And Mullins has been in the league for half a decade. He has how many starts under his belt? Like, this isn't, uh, this is just crazy comparisons. And between the beat and just, I'm sure you guys see it on, you know, the, the Twitter mentions and the Instagram comments and the YouTube comments. Some of the takes are just a little bit much. And when it's coming from the beat also, who should probably be, I don't know, neutral or at least rational. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we're the ones and not just us. There are plenty other fan creators. I always say that too. If you don't like me, I don't care. There are so many other great, content creators on youtube social media everything that you can get your jets information from the beat gives you nothing because like green bean says they don't break any stories they're supposed to give you insider access and all they do is just rile you up for no reason it's just it's so goddamn frustrating and jet fans are tired of it and rightfully so yeah i wonder there, there's different parts of me throughout the year that that feel like you know, we're leading up to the season and people are getting excited. They're tweeting out, oh, look at this throw. Oh, look at that. This, that, this, this, this you know, all throughout right. training camp and everything. And then it's like, as soon as the, the lights come on, it's like, okay, you know, negative, 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 negative. Here's our, and I, I get it. We've had a rough season. We've had a rough go about the last few years. Like it, that's kind of what our, our MO is. Um, there's probably something to be said for the medium that they're using, meaning like the, uh, the style of format that works for different social media platforms. Like for YouTube, you want to have a longer video. Like it doesn't do any of us any good to release a video less than like eight or 10 minutes because YouTube's algorithm does not feed that to the masses. So when I release like a, a five minute video that I think is concise and like, you know, gets the information across and I'm not filling it with a whole lot of fluff, YouTube's going to suppress it to an extent because I'm not providing as much value to YouTube because of the, you know, you're not staying on YouTube as long to, to watch the content. Um, the same thing could be said for, you know, Instagram, Instagram's not a, not usually a, a long form content. So you're not, you're more, you know, a picture or a, you know, a, a short reel or, or clip or whatever story. Um, and it seems like everything's kind of adopted that. And I feel like Twitter is a Twitter post that you're capturing in, in like a brief amount of words, like a hundred and whatever characters, 140 characters. Um, that's almost maybe closer to like one of our thumbnails than, than maybe like our, our entire video, because I, I know I'm guilty of having a thumbnail. That's definitely more clickbaity um, in some of my videos. So I can, I can sort of sympathize there, but at the same time, it's like, dude, give us some like good insight. Like I don't, there's no point where I'm ever like, oh, okay, Rich Samini released a, an article on ESPN. Like, I want to go over there and like really dive into his takes because like I don't ever feel that way about that. Um, I don't know. It's just it's frustrating. It, I, I think for Never. me it started. That's the reason I started my channel in the first place. I was like, screw this. <laughs> I was like the media slanting everything. And it was me. It wasn't so much our beat reporters that I was upset about. It was more so like ESPN and like some of the other like major uh, kind of content creators or whatever. Like. I felt like we weren't represented the way we should be represented. And that's how this channel came about. And that's how I, I looped in with you guys. Cause you guys provide great content, you know, on your channels as well. And that's, that's where this whole meshing kind of happened. So yeah, screw the beat, screw Samini. 
Uh, I'm just, I'm so sick of it. I really am. Well, and you know, the thing is, dude, is that we got to remember as fans, we have 100% of the power, 100%. They keep doing this because everybody clicks on it and, and does it. I literally have not clicked on a Semini article, a Connor Hughes article, um, you know, whoever those guys, I just, I don't look at their stuff. Stuff I've never people have sent me. Oh, dude, read this article. I say very mm -hmm. lovingly, no, you know what I mean? I'm not doing it because I know there's nothing in there, you know. So if we all as a collective just stopped, if they saw that over a, a week, two week period, that all their clicks went down, they would change their tactics. They're doing this because it works. Don't forget, man, the daily news created rich samini he was a nice little guy from new york newsday he worked for the daily news he was a complete troll he moved on to espn they took manish Mehta, who was working for the star ledger a little tiny jets guy for the star you know new jersey star ledger he got to the daily news and became a complete shitbag and then after his whole thing where he stalked joe douglas's kid um, they went and hired a, a Dolphins fan. Now, look, you don't have to be a Jets fan to, to cover the team, but you probably shouldn't be a diehard fan of their rival and expect to be objective. It's just, it's not real, man. Like, you can see their motives. So my whole take on it is stop. I mean, I see stuff like, you know, I follow maybe – you know, hashtags or something, and I'll see stuff that they've hashtagged. So every now and then a tweet here and there will fly across my path and I see it. But other than that, man, I haven't clicked, read nothing, and, and they don't get it from me. So if we really are upset, all we have to do is stop following it, and it will change. Yeah, hundred percent. That's if you want, just boy boycott the beat. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag boycott the beat, Ooh, right? Like, that's, that's a good hashtag. I like right. That. I was. I was like, I was. <laughs> we had had this conversation earlier. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm like, oh, I was like, what could be like a catch thing? And I'm thinking, oh, beat the beat. And I was like, ah, I, I don't know if I want to beat the beat. Like that. That's kind of cool. But like that sounds like I'm trying to beat, beat off the beat. Or yeah, it does. Yeah, that's, it does sound like that. Man. That's my <laughs> brain went. Do, yeah. do I not like the beat, or am I like overly enthusiastic about the beat? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like no, no, no. So boycott the beat. There it is. Boycott the beat. I like. <laughs> now it. let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the Jets game because we we did have a game aside from the media just kind of trolling on us and everything. Like Green Bean said, there was real project uh, progress, real progress from Zach Wilson this week. And I think my favorite part of the game was definitely um, Zach. And I don't know if it was third and one or fourth and one. I'm, I'm, I have to go back and look. But Zach rushed the team up to the line, caught the Dolphins with 12 men on the field, snapped the ball, got the penalty, and was able to get the first down, you know, in case he didn't get it or whatever. But I love it. That's something that I don't think Zach, first five games of the season, would have done. I think – having a little bit of knowledge, a little bit more comfort, understanding the system, knowing like downs and distances. And he did it twice. He did it on, uh, I, it might've actually been twice on the same drive. Now that I'm thinking about it. One was the 12 men on the field. The second one was he rushed everyone to the line and we actually missed the touchdown because they were showing like a replay and he yeah. like snuck into the end zone. Like I love it. That's everything that Brady used to do up in new England. He'd run to the line what I can't wait to see, and I'm sure it's going to happen in the coming weeks, he's going to rush people to the line on like a third and three 
or, or a fourth and one and try to get them to jump off sides. And he's going to get the five yard penalty. And that's going to be the, the next evolution of this whole thing. And I love it. I think you're starting to see him get more comfortable. I think you're starting to see him uh, recognize some of the things that good quarterbacks do. And, and while the stats aren't quite there yet, he's also playing without a lot of his, a lot of his weapons, still no wide receiver one wide receiver two. Uh, and Michael Carter seems like he was kind of getting back on the, the, the wagon a little bit. They, they definitely fed Coleman the ball more this week. Uh, Greenby, what were your thoughts on, on Zach's progression overall? Um, and, and any other thoughts on the game? Well, first off, I must acknowledge the true wisdom of Nightbot to give me the shirt yet again. <laughs> I love it. I can't be happier unless I, than when I win a shirt, man. That's the best times ever. Uh, well, like, so here's the thing again, and I'll lace this with my, I'm going to try to keep theme tonight. I'm going to try really hard to tie everything I say back to the beat. Okay. Let's see if I can pull it off. So like, this was a game where, uh, Mike LaFleur in the first half showed so much creativity. And like you said, kind of keeping the, the Dolphins defense on their heels. Like they, they literally looked like they were confused. We got a 12 men on the field. We had a new, a, a couple of times where they had to call a timeout. There was confusion, all that kind of stuff. Mike LaFleur's first half was nothing short of brilliant. And dude, we saw a hook and ladder essentially. That's, I mean, it wasn't exactly, but it was very similar, reminiscent of the old hook and ladder play. Threw it to Crowder, which, by the way, just shows you how how open the quick slants are. We, you know, we have to get, we have to be able to rely on those more. But Mike Lafleur throws it to Crowder. You know, he has Zach throw it to Crowder. They all converge on Crowder. He throws it to Berrios and gets the extra how many yards for a first down and some yeah. change. And that sort of stuff shows that, like, we have an offensive coordinator here that has a, a very advanced offensive mind. Now, is he there yet where he can compete with really good defensive coordinators making adjustments? Uh, it doesn't look like he is. And that's what I think we saw in the game. It's like they went into the half and they made some adjustments. They changed their entire defense and they did something different. Michael LaFleur wasn't able to compensate for that. Now, we can look at the offensive line. We can look at Zach. We can look at the receivers. It doesn't matter. He's got to be able to see that and scheme and go, oh, this is what they're doing. I got something for your ass. Watch this. And he, he doesn't seem to be able to do that just yet. And that's fine by me, man. He's a young guy in his first year from his first handful of games. Let's say the first quarter of the season. We, Hey, shush. We were, um, we were, we were worried and concerned if this guy was going to make it. Remember we were like, Ooh, this guy's rough. And I, and I don't think he's, you know, completely changed everybody's mind or anything, but we saw true creativity. We saw the offense thriving and being excited. We saw Westco go after a big play. Like that's when guys are having fun. And we saw that second half, not so much, but something else that beat could talk about. This was our first game with two interceptions in the, of the whole year. How about throwing a damn – how about throwing some confetti in the air? Hey, good shit, young defensive backs. You know what I mean? Ashton Davis got his second pick of the year. Brandon Eccles got his first career interception and took it back for a pick six. We can talk about this stuff, but nobody wants to. Was it ugly at times? Yes. It, th that second half – took the wind out of our sails in many respects. But the truth is there was a lot there. Don't forget, we caught and stopped a fake punt, dude. 
Like this, mm-hmm. they were trying to rub our face in dog shit and we stopped it. And that's the thing, man. Like there were, there were lots of positives mixed in with the negatives and the lack of tackling and all that sort of stuff. So I really saw a lot to be happy about when we're looking for progression. Now, or if we're, if we're looking for, you know, domination and wins and all that stuff, maybe, maybe not. But if you're just looking at where we started and where we are, it's very, very different. Matt, your thoughts on the game and the progression of one Zach Wilson. Yeah, um, definitely the tale of two halves, right? The first half we came on the Green Bean stream and we were excited. I was saying, hey, the Jets might be able to win this game. And defensively, they were, I thought they played pretty well, all things considered, in the first half. Um, and then... The, the second half just come right out of the locker room. Offensive line forgot how to block. Connor McDermott was so goddamn frustrating to watch. But oh. uh, from from a progressive standpoint or a progression standpoint, what I liked that Zach Wilson did this past week was when you guys mentioned it already, but when he ran up to the line mm-hmm. uh, and kind of dove forward to pick up that first down. Very smart. Like that. But another one was the the scramble, the, like the four yard scramble to pick up the third down. Mm-hmm. That is something that I would like to see more of. I don't think the Jets utilize his legs enough. Um, I, I think he is someone who thrives um, when he's outside the pocket. And I'm not saying turn him into Lamar Jackson or anything like that, but just I don't know, have that threat there. So it's not, you know, the same thing um, repeating over and over. But from a play calling perspective, I thought LaFleur was excellent. He's been really, really good since going up in the booth a few weeks ago. Um, In the first half, I thought Wilson was decisive and I thought he was smart with the football, which is what everyone was calling for him to do just, you know, five, six weeks ago before the injury, everyone said, Oh, he's trying to take too many shots downfield. He's got to hit on the easy stuff. Well, he starts doing that. And now everyone's complaining about his average depth of target. And it's just, I don't, I don't understand what the hell we're doing here. I don't know. Just frustrating. You guys hear me out on that at least. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think you're absolutely on point. It's I want to, I like seeing the progression. You mentioned it too, Connor McDermott. Oh my God. <laughs> like if there's, if I had to blame one person for the loss, like one sole person, it would be him. Like a hundred percent. It would be him. How many times do we see Zach running for his life? There's what six sacks. Not all of them are on the offensive line. Like Zach is still holding the ball a little too long at times, but like, I don't understand how we're not doing more three-step drops. If you think the offensive line might be suspect, like those are things that we should be adjusting to. I thought Miami did a great job switching up their defense, going from a uh, zone to more of a man, I think is what they were saying. And then just sending more pressure on blitzes in the second half. Did we have, was all six sacks in the second half? Is that accurate? It felt like it. it if, yeah, I don't I, know, I know if the majority true. were. I don't know if it's true, but what the Dolphins did well was they were they were blitzing and the Jets just couldn't pick it up. Like, I don't know what you really want Zach to do. He they he would do the play action, and next thing you know, there's someone right in his face. It's over. What do you want him to do at that point? Yeah, no, I if there's like it's just frustrating to to kind of see. I don't know what the the right answer is but it feels like seeing more three-step drops or seeing like it's not like any of our guys are getting all the way down the field for these bomb plays anyway like we're not seeing the like those stretch the fields type plays that i'd really like to see but i guess not having uh elijah moore in there or or Corey davis kinds of make kind of makes it a little bit tougher um 
I just think there, there's ways we could be helping. RPOs. I want to see a lot of RPOs. Like, I don't understand why we're not having the misdirection. Like, we are doing misdirection with the the motions. And I feel like every week we have some type of cross the field, you know, flip back to Wilson. And then Wilson goes and looks for, like, a bomb downfield. I, that's stuff that I've wanted to see this offense do for the longest mm-hmm. time. And it's not like it's a consistent thing, you know, multiple times throughout a game. Like, you're doing it once throughout a game maybe catch him sleeping, give him the same look over and over again. And then you hit him with that. And I think it's, you know, that's where you create those wow plays. And the one play where Wilson's running around for his life and rips the ball back the other way uh, to, I think it was Griffin who got a first down. Awesome. Awesome play. Like, yeah, these are the, these are the plays that make me excited for Zach. Like I want to see him play within the offense for sure, because the boring stuff is, is the stuff he has to get down. But those types of plays are the plays and the reasons why he was taken ahead of Mac Jones, ahead of Justin Fields. Like that is the special part of Zach Wilson. Um, Greenbean, aside from Zach Wilson, was there anything else that you really took away from this game? Yeah, the beat. Did I talk about them yet? Those bastards. <laughs> Hashtag uh, boycott the beat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, look, I, I uh, the uh, look, I know Michael Carter was coming off an injury and they kind of pitch counted him. But if you look at our our games all all year, we have really I don't even know how many times we've hit 20 rushes, you know, from the line of scrimmage. I, I, I don't know how many times we've done that. Um, so this game, I think, uh, I think like uh, Tevin Coleman had eight, you know, uh, Michael Carter had six runs, something like that. So that was something that stuck out to me was Tevin Coleman looked hot. And and look, even though Michael Carter's stats didn't look very good, he had like a two-point-something yard average, but he was making yards out of nothing. And so Mm -hmm. I saw a guy ready to pop. Like, I I saw it. And I'm a firm believer in this old-school mentality that running backs get better as the game goes on, or great running backs get better as the game goes on. So, like – you know, when you get them in their rhythm, they get a feel for the game and they and they, you know, they start to turn it on. We we rarely give our guys the ability to do that. Like I'm okay with the uh with the committee approach. I'm I'm fine. But they each gotta get enough carries to be able to develop something. You know, like Tevin Coleman has a really good run. Well, you we'll do one of two things. We'll do the exact same play, so then it's gonna get stuffed or we abandon it for the next four five, six plays. And, uh, and then, you know, whatever. So I just, that was something that stuck out to me on a negative side, but it all, it all goes back to what I'm saying about LaFleur. If we just look at the hole in a microcosm, like in, in like a little Petri dish, so to speak, and we go, look at this, this is this, you can say that LaFleur is getting his ass handed to him sometimes. And the truth is, is that he did in the second half without question. He also got his ass handed to him in the saints game. Uh, they he had very little for them to you know to answer what they were bringing, but if you look at where he started and what we were looking at earlier in the season, don't forget, man, we were a twenty-one personnel offense. We have not seen that, but a handful of plays. So they have been going through and trial and error and changing and experimenting, and I th- think we get lost in what this season really is, man. Like, look, we all want to win, especially when it's the Dolphins. Like, for me, 
it's the Dolphins. Like if we could, if we're only going to win one game or two games, and it was going to be the Dolphins, I'd be fine. You know, then there's the Patriots, then there's the Bills, obviously. But losing to the Dolphins both times this year, I thought we could have won those games, and it is frustrating. But again, we have to remember what this season is. It's getting these guys there their reps, getting these guys their NFL experience. Just like I said uh, in a tweet this week about Zach Wilson. Dude, I came out of this game thinking this kid's going to be good, man. He was he was looking at times surgical. That escapability, dude, I, I'm going to throw the word on it. He's elite with escapability. There were times that he was dodging three, four, five guys and then lasering it to, you know, to, to Ryan Griffin or whatever. He had a couple more drops this week on – I think the drops might. I got muted again. Best passes of the game. So, so you know, I don't know. I I just think there's a lot to to be positive about, and uh, but there are things that I look at that are are definitely glaring to me, and the abandoning of the running game is one of them for me. Um, let's see. I just saw a super chat pop up. Beloved Peace, Beloved Peace drops in with Super Chat, says, I think the receiving course still needs a lot of work. I wouldn't be opposed to taking a receiver with our second first round pick. Thoughts? All right, so let's piggyback this topic onto another topic that I have. Um, So the Jets, because of how everything played out, the Cardinals losing to the Lions and the Texans beating the Jaguars, This week becomes incredibly valuable from a draft perspective. Uh, Right now, the Jaguars are sitting in the first pick. The Lions are sitting at number two. Texans at number three. Jets at number four. If the Jets were to win one more game throughout the rest of the season, the farthest we could drop back is fourth uh, because of our strength of schedule. And the Giants' strength of schedule and the Bears' strength of schedule would all be in favor of us. Um, so this week is, is interesting because if the Jaguars wind up winning or yeah, if the Jaguars wind up winning, the Jets would leap in front of the Texans and in front of the Jaguars. Yeah. And then it would just be the, the Lions in front of us and the Lions still have to play the Seahawks and the Falcons. So they have two games that could be very winnable. And if they win a game, the Jets are sitting at the number one overall pick. Woo! Yeah, crazy town, right? Like I, not in a million years. I shouldn't say a million years. Probably in a million years. But I would never have thought that the Jets would be in a position to land the number one overall pick, given all the coaching changes, the players we brought in, and you know, even, even throughout the year, I thought we'd wind up with like five or six wins. Um, I didn't foresee all the injuries by any stretch, but it brings up an interesting question. And I guess let's start it off with beloved pieces question first should the jets be targeting a wide receiver with their second first round pick right now seattle and the rams are tied three three uh just a little bit into the third quarter uh so obviously we're hoping for them to lose but right now that pick is sitting at eight overall so green bean i guess i'll start with you what are your thoughts on taking a receiver with your second uh first round pick this year Well, um, I don't think I would be upset about it, Um, but that's not what I would like to see. I'm I'm really on the defense. Am I frozen again, man? No, you're good. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, like, like, like I said, I mean, a lot's going to happen between now and the draft. Obviously, we have free agency, right? So, like, let's say hypothetically we go out and get three edge rushers in free agency, and all of a sudden it changes everything. Like, oh, okay. Maybe we do this in the draft instead, or maybe the combine comes and all the wide receivers can't catch. You know, you know what I mean? Something weird. Uh, so we don't know. But as I stand right now, I'm really hoping that we use our two firsts on defense. That's that's. I think this draft is very very strong with you know defensively up top where we're going to be. And I like to use the strengths of the draft. You don't like to reach just because uh, you want a specific position. You want to use what the draft is giving you. And that has to be factored into your thinking a little bit. So I'm really hoping for an edge. If Hamilton's on the board, I'm still on that train. But if he's not, you know, maybe maybe the best cornerback in the draft. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Pair him with Bryce Hall. Give us that elite defensive back uh, to, you know, to run around with the young bucks that came in this year and, and go that way. We can get wide receivers and offensive line and tight ends. We have two seconds and a third. And I think, dude, don't forget, seconds and thirds are premium capital, man. And lots of guys slip. Uh, so I would rather see that from my perspective. What was that? You would say you, you want the edge with our first overall, with our first first round pick. And what did you want to see with the yeah. second? A trade down? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I'm always up for a trade down, but it, it depends. It depends on what we're getting and all that. I want to see an edge with the first pick, whether it's Thibodeau, Hutchinson, especially if we're sitting at number two, just grab mm -hmm. them, man. Grab, the, grab your best edge rusher, the guy you think is the best. And then the second pick uh, in the first round, I really would love to see Hamilton come aboard six foot four, uh, you mm -hmm. know, all the jazz. Um, but if he's not on the board, I would still prefer to go defense uh, mm -hmm. with a cornerback rather than a wide receiver. But I, I wouldn't be upset, but that's my thinking. Matt, what about you? I know you had some feelings on the wide receiver in round one. Um what do you think? What would you do with your two first round picks? How would you approach it? Um, so I'm, I'm going to have a very cop out answer because I think there's a lot of ways you can go about it and it being the correct way. And also I think it's, it's difficult because free agency, it depends on what you do in free agency too, but I would not be upset with a wide receiver at the second one. And I think there is a plan where you could take, I don't know. Let's say let's call it an edge because I think that's where most people land on what the first pick is going to be, an edge and the wide receiver. Because, I mean, we saw it this week. The lack of separation from these wide receivers against Miami was dreadful. And while I like Corey Davis uh, and I think Elijah Moore is really good, I think having someone who would be another stud in that room would just take this offense to the next level. Because you look at all these teams with elite offenses, they have multiple, multiple weapons that you could utilize. Like everyone thought the Rams offense was great. They was all set. Well, they go and, and pick up Odell Beckham Jr. Or, you know, you always have these teams who are looking to add. I know well past the private Chiefs pick up Le'Veon Bell today, all kinds of stuff. Go ahead, Ryan. The Cardinals – DeAndre Hopkins, great receiver. Yeah. Well, let's go out and get AJ Green, great receiver. They go out yeah. and they get Zach Ertz, great receiver. They, Dallas Cowboys, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. Let's go out yeah. and get CeeDee Lamb. Look, they're adding weapons. The the, yeah. the Bucks. you got Mike Evans, you got Godwin. They go out, they get Antonio Brown. 
exactly so there, there's a lot of examples here so while i hear what the the side of oh no i don't i don't want to do that i hear it but i also i'm not going to get mad at the jets trying to make life easier for their 22 year old quarterback right like, I, I can't i can't fault them for that if that's the plan that they want to go with then yeah i'd be right there and say okay perfect that life's going to be easy for our young quarterback if they'd rather attack the defense i'd say okay that also makes sense because you give up 35 points a game like yeah. you know kind of see yeah. both angles here so i i would but to loop this back in here i would not be upset at all if they take a wide receiver with the seattle pick honestly i think i fall somewhere in between the two of you i i Definitely don't want to see a receiver in the first round, um, mainly because of the the caliber of receivers that are going to be hitting for agency. Unfortunately, Godwin goes out with an ACL, so he may miss the beginning part of next season. Um, I think he resigns there for a cheap deal. Uh, wide receiver wise, the main guy that I think I'm looking at this offseason, I would love to get Michael Gallup from the Cowboys. Um, he's like six foot one, 25 or 26 years old, like a young dude. Um, I think we could get him for somewhere around Corey Davis money, which is like 12 million a year, which is totally fine by me. Cause I think 12 million is still really cheap for, for a number two wide receiver. Um, and then I think you wind up putting yourself, not that you have one stud receiver, but you have a bunch of number twos, which is like something I've always sort of liked. I'm right there with you guys. Like I want edge rusher as our first overall, like first pick, whether that be number, if we, if we do wind up with the number one overall pick, I want Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, if we wind up with number two or three and Kayvon Thibodeau's there, 100% on board with that. Um, yeah. I think once those two go, then I start getting like a little bit like antsy. <laughs> I'm like, okay, do I look at maybe someone like an Evan Neal, the tackle out of Alabama? I don't really want to go that direction. Um, and then then I start thinking about Kyle Hamilton. So I and then, and then you look at the Seattle pick and you're like, okay, well, if we go not edge with our first pick, then I would like to get oh, like – Ojibo or, or Karloftis or something like that uh, with that pick. So either way, I hope we get edge with that first pick. The second pick, assuming we get the edge um, and we get a wide receiver in free agency, I would be looking and taking a real hard look at, like Greenbean said, Kyle Hamilton. If he's there, if he's not, I'm mm. probably looking Linderbaum if he's available. Um, I don't love the idea of like going out and getting a – Another offensive lineman so high, like I do want this to focus on the defense, but McGovern's only got one year left with us. And I think adding a center at some point in this draft is important. I've, I've been split on the whole Linderbaum thing because I think the second round center and a different position inside the top 10 is more valuable for the Jets than center inside the top 10 and maybe some other position in the second round. So I, I don't. Know, I guess I, I get a little confused there. Linebacker. I haven't done enough research to to know if I want one at the top ten, like end of the top ten. Um, but wide receiver wise, I'm having a, I'm having a tough time wanting to go receiver in the first round. Um, and I guess I can circle this back around to uh, the Jets potentially getting the first overall pick because that's that's kind of where I wanted to go with this. Um, it's an interesting conundrum that fans have. And, and a lot of fans are split on it. I put out a video yesterday that people are either happy or not happy about. <laughs> and I've, I've seen a lot of comments either way. Um, and that's, do you root for wins or do you root for losses? I think you root for wins. You hope Zach Wilson does well. 
And then, you know, if you lose, you're not upset about it, especially this week. This is, this is, this one is like, if there was one game that I circled on my calendar before the start of the season, it was the Jaguars game. I was like, I would love Zach Wilson to just outball Trevor Lawrence. And if that's what we get, okay, no problems whatsoever. Let's ball out. Let's absolutely beat this guy into the ground. Like I would love nothing more than to have all of ESPN and all sports media turn on the radio the next day and say, Hey, the jets, you know, they put a thumping on, on Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Now the worst case scenario for me is Zach Wilson looks like dog poo. Michael Carter is like not playing well. We don't have Elijah Moore this week. Like all our young player, Elijah Vera Tucker is going to be out this week. Like, like literally all this stuff that could go sideways on us. And then we wind up winning by some like fluky. It's almost like we win because of like Frank Gore running the ball. <laughs> I don't want to win with players that yeah. aren't going to be here beyond this year. Like I would much rather lose in that capacity, but if we can have our young players play well and win a game, uh, I'm more on the, I would rather win out because uh, we don't need the quarterback. That's not like last year. I wanted to lose out because I wanted the quarterback. I wanted our best pick of the quarterbacks. Um, Greenby, what about you? How, where do you fall on the whole rooting for losses trying to get the number one overall pick. How valuable is it, you know, to have the number one overall pick maybe in a year that doesn't have like a great quarterback? I don't know. What do you think, Greenbean? I'm rooting for wins uh, this year because it's very, very different than last year. And you guys know me, man. I'm a big draft guy. It's the, over the past, you know, 10 years, it's been my only fun. You know what I mean? So it's like kind of our real season. I hate the regular season because I just want to get past it so I can get talking about the damn draft again. Uh, so I do love the draft, but with having so many guys, like, you know, it's just funny to me when, when people uh, kind of, you know, crap on what our general manager has done. Like we have six or seven picks, or maybe let's say five or six picks this year. And that's not including guys that would be in there due to injury that are contributing and contributing well this year, this year alone from last year's draft, we have Wilson, we have AVT, we have Michael Carter, we have Elijah Moore. We have Michael Carter, the second and Brandon Eccles, and that's leaving out Sherwood and, and, uh, and some others. Right. So those guys are all contributing. Some of them are legitimately you know, can be considered starters moving forward. So I want this young core to have this kind of a season with a little bit of a cherry on top. And look, if we end up losing the game by one score, but they fought like, just like last week, you know, it's the truth is we were in that game. We lost by one score. We had a chance at the, at the uh, end to, to tie it. Um, and that's, Maybe disappointing, but it's that's all we really want this year. We want these guys to start gelling. We want them to start believing that they can win, that they are on to something. So if they could, like, hypothetically win these last three games, I think, and I don't think that's real, but if they could, I think that would be a really fantastic way to end the season for them, for our young core and our coaching staff. Uh, draft pick be damned. Matt, what about you? Where do you fall on the whole winning or rooting for losses or, or draft pick situation? How, how do you feel about this? It's very, it's complicated. And I think my, I did a video on it today and my favorite part was at the end. I kind of came to this realization that the jets are screwed either way, because <laughs> if they, if they win, the narrative is going to be, Oh my God, it's the same old jets had an opportunity to, 
you know, improve their draft stock, but instead they win a meaningless game at the end of the year. Boycott the beat. Sorry. Yeah, right. But, yeah, but, there you uh, go. but then if they lose, then it's oh my god, the Jets lost to the dumpster fire of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're so so you're screwed regardless. But what I'm going into this game with is I want to see the young players play well and do well. And I'm kind of like going to go numb to the final result. If the Jets win, so be it. Great. Then that means, okay, the young quarterback probably played well. And there were some tangible things that you could take away and say, all right, I could be happy about this. And if let's say they lose, but I don't know, they lose 34 30 because the defense can't stop anybody. Then I could say, all right, offense put up 30 points. That's a positive sign. The only thing where I think would be a complete disaster if the Jets lost like, I don't know, six nothing because, or no, <laughs> one like six nothing because oh, then it's, yeah. you, you, well, either way, but then it's you hurt lose, your draft stock. Lose six nothing with three misses on top of it, right? Like yeah, if yeah. we go two for two on field goals, we're not that bad. <laughs> We're kind right. of we're a glass half yeah, full, yeah. right? But it's right. I kind of go back to well, it's going to be spun as bad no matter what happens because I don't know we can never be happy. Rams got a touchdown. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, I have the Eagles and the and Washington football team. I can't find the other game. I so I'm not watching. I have it on my little. I'm not uh, watching anything. You guys are watching a little football? game cast on the side, and I saw a, a comment pop up: Cooper Cup for the touchdown. God. Dude, I, let me vent a little bit, not so much about the Jets stuff, but I had my first week of playoffs this week. Oh, I got fucked. Dude, yeah. I got so screwed because last week, mm -hmm. I, like, I've been one of the most dominant teams in the league this entire year. And I had a, a weird stretch at the beginning of the year where it was like not great because guys were hurt or, or, or kind of coming up. So I had um, Chris Carson got knocked out for the year for me. Um, Antonio Brown's been hurt and then got suspended, so he's out for three games. He was supposed to come back next week. I lost, uh, oh God, who else? Chase Claypool wound up falling apart. But I had last week, I played the guy that beat me this week, last week, and I lost to him last week by eight points. And that's with Lamar Jackson getting me one point. One point last week. So if I had beaten him, there's a good shot I would have won whoever I played this week. Now, me saying that, obviously, if Lamar Jackson played, it would have been totally different. Um, but I wound up losing this week because Chase Claypool and Najee Harris didn't do anything at all. Um, so I'm a little little frustrated. This is a league that I've won two of the last three years, and I was poised to win again because I was getting Antonio Brown back. I was like, all right, here we go. We're about to hit our stride going in. All these teams, all the players that I have right now, we're about to go in for this big playoff push. And no, because I lost last week, the guy that beat me last week who would have been eliminated from the playoffs beat me this week. Thanks, Kevin. That's, that's frustrating. For for me, what really screwed me was, well, what Matthew Stafford laying an egg earlier in this game didn't help, but Alvin Kamara got me three points. Mm. Like that, that's just you you can't you can't win when, when your best weapon is only giving you three fantasy points. If you gave me a you know his regular 15, I'd probably be in pretty good shape right now, but I'm gonna lose by 10 and just drown my sorrows, I suppose. <sighs> awful i'm hoping this the league that i'm in they I, we pay out i think ten dollars per week if you're the top point scorer so i may wind up getting my entry fee covered because of that i, I have to look i don't know how many times i got it i we paid i think fifty dollars to get into the league so I, I might be close there um but we'll see i don't know i'm just getting frustrated 
Um, guys, we are about an hour into the stream. We got 74 likes for every 25 likes we get on this video. We're going to pick a qualifier or Nightbot's going to pick a qualifier in the chat. Uh, right now, we're going back to last week because our, our stream got not so fun, screwed up, dropped mm. service and everything. So Mark Riss and Antonio Mancini, you guys were selected last week. So you're, you're getting rolled over into this week. Uh, and then I've got Gitmo Bob and Eli Elias Solorzano. Solorzano. Uh, you guys qualified yesterday during the Monday stream. And then right now we got Jets Forever and Silas Jones. You guys are both qualified uh, for our t-shirt giveaway at the end of this stream. So make sure you hit that like button. Uh, Nightbot's going to pick another qualifier because we did eclipse that 75 like threshold. Get up, uh, get us up over 100. Your boy's going to be a father. I got to, I'm, right. I'm going to be a Faja. Faja, get me some likes <laughs> on this. Faja. Come on. <laughs> Baby girl, June. Come on. I like it. Ooh, look who just qualified. Zach Wilson. Oh, he could use a number shirt. one. <laughs> I don't know how Nightbot picked that one, but I feel like by default, no, this guy's got to get the damn shirt. Ugh. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, we're going to pick another. Yeah, this is probably we're going to pick another qualifier. Hmm. So close. To, come on, two more likes. We get up over 100. We'll pick another one. Uh, Kelly McTavish says, is she going to be a golfer? Matt, I, for some reason, people think I got to put the names up on the screen because for some reason, I get a lot of comments that think my name's Matt. <laughs> Dude, I have somebody I think they don't listen because I always say don't call before the game because then your question is going to be dated. But there's someone who calls like almost every single Thursday and leaves a voicemail and is like, What's up, Ryan? I'm like, Wrong, wrong show. <laughs> it's wrong like, show what the dude. hell? My channel's name is Matt O'Leary. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh. Don't get it. Dude, every every week it happens. Every week. That's every funny, week. man. Yeah, I can't I can't figure it out. For whatever reason, it just always happens. Uh, all right, so qualifier-wise, did we pick another one? We didn't pick another one. We're over 100. Ryan's got to do it. Uh, <laughs> you should call your daughter Birdie. I So I said, um, so I work at a golf course. So I definitely want to get my daughter involved in golf uh, early on. Uh, I think they start giving lessons at like six years old or something like that. Uh, but I get like a whole bunch of golf perks for being the director of golf. And there's a lot of scholarship money out there for girls that play golf. <laughs> so I don't care if she likes golf. She's just got to be halfway decent at it. It's like, boom, there you go. Take you to work. You go, you go hit some balls on the range. That's going to be your, your thing. Uh, you're going to be an engineer. Like I, I've got all these plans. Uh, and then who knows? She's gonna wind up being a stripper or something like that. But no, don't. <laughs> hey, girls gotta earn money. I got no problem. You know what? I'm very forward thinking. OnlyFans. <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. I was gonna say OnlyFans. That's there. Yeah, you don't want to talk about the Jets Talk 24/7 Talking Jets OnlyFans account right now. That's. I, I think we probably would get demonetized from YouTube if we wind up talking about that. Um, Braden Bathweight. 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 Sorry, not Bathweight. Um, you have been qualified as well for the shirt. There you go, Braden. Good for you, buddy. Wait. All right, we got a whole bunch of qualifiers. All right, I did see sneakers to boots drop in with a super chat. So let me get off my um OnlyFans thing and start showing comments on the screen. Bam! Look at that. Sneakers to boots, buddy. 
He says, LaFleur has been the most improved person on the entire team slash staff. Who's yours? Um, also, can we please get a proven linebacker in free agency so we can stop getting smoked by the run, having to play five, two, four dime all day? Um, play a five, two, four. So I, it's very frustrating to me watching this team right now. And I guess we'll, we'll go through a little by little on sneakers to boots comments. So LaFleur has been the most improved person on the staff. Yes. hundred percent. I think that's, I don't, I don't know if anyone could, could question that. Um, or if anyone has anyone better, I mean, I would say I'm encouraged by what Zach's doing now versus earlier in the season. Um, Salah, I'm probably fine with, I, I, I'm not really upset with anything he's done recently. Um, I think he's getting teed up a bunch of like attack type questions in press conferences. And I think it's, it's definitely starting to, to weigh on him. Um, and then I would say Ulbrick is probably on a lot of people's shit list right now, um, which I guess rightfully so. But at the same time, like I've said in a bunch of other videos, we haven't spent a lot of money on the defensive side of the ball uh, since he got here. And the guys that we did spend money on are all sorts of not on the field. Um, oh, all injured. So, yeah. So, so most improved wise, I will say I agree with LaFleur. Um, can we please add a linebacker in free agency? So I got I got to go over to over the cap and just see who what linebackers are actually hitting free agency because I actually don't know. This was the one I actually started putting together a mock off season. Um, where the heck is free? Your mock off seasons are great, man. When are you putting that out? So I haven't like figured out when I'm going to do it just yet. Um, because I just started piece like I haven't figured out contracts. I might just do contracts based on the valuation from over the cap, so I don't have to like rack my brain too hard. Um, but like got yeah. guys that I'm interested in, love Michael Gallup. Um, there's a there's a guard from the 49ers that's gonna be a free agent, Tristan. Um, what the hell's his last name? God, I just had it. Hold on, I'll find it. I'm excited for him. I think he's gonna be pretty good. And I, again, you know, piecing together players that could be uh, scheme fits are are important as well. I think, is it Tomlinson? Is that was was that the name? Tristan? What the hell was it? I'll get it. Give me just a second. I'll find it. Yeah. I'll find it. I'll find it. Um, well, maybe I won't. Yeah, uh, not a free agent. I thought he was. No, I have to. I have to get more acclimated with who's going to break free. You know, who's uh who's on the free agent list this year? I haven't put barely any thought into that mm -hmm. and we're kind of getting there i gotta i gotta get i know von miller and um and chandler jones are free agents again but i, I don't really know too many others maybe i'm Jared totally Davis. wrong what the <laughs> hell oh yeah run that back oh sorry right. i i know what it is it's not so he's a he's got a voidable year after this year uh laken tomlinson that's who i'm looking at laken tomlinson uh void year he's 29 years old um his last four years of contract cap hits of 2.8, 3.7, 4.4, and $6.5 million. Uh, so if he'd be willing to come over to the East Coast and play for us, uh, he is one of the highest graded um, guards in the league. He was a first-round pick, number 28 overall by the Lions in 2015. Um, that was someone I was kind of keeping my eye on. 
Uh, I also, I would love Mike Gazicki, but that is not going to happen. He's going to get franchise tagged. And then I would say um, David Njoku is someone I would like to put high up on my list. But linebacker-wise, it kind of escapes me. So you guys in the chat, if you have some linebackers that are interesting or that we should be looking at, I'm all for trying to figure it out because linebacker is a big need. And I've kind of been looking at like trying to, to go the draft route. Um, but I don't know. What was my other one? Green Bean, I can't hear you right now. Just so you know. It's because I'm on mute. That's all. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm <laughs> talking to my was... wife. I'm trying to get the Seattle game, but it's blacked out. Uh, I, just I was trying to go through. Oh, JC Jackson. That was the other one. JC Jackson at oh, corner. Yeah. I wanted um, Tomlinson at guard, Michael Gallup as wide receiver, and David Njoku as tight end. And then I would go into the draft and I'd go like Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, um, Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton. And then you start looking at maybe like center tight end in the draft as well. So I got, I got a whole bunch of stuff kind of percolating up here. Uh, Matt, you got any names in mind? Uh, a linebacker, the guy that I like is uh, Anthony Walker Jr. from Cleveland. He's had the one-year deal there uh, before mm-hmm. last offseason. He's kind of, he's a tackling machine. He didn't play this week because he was one of the guys in COVID protocol. Mm-hmm. But his last year in Indy wasn't great. But before that, he was pretty solid, and he's having a good year this year. Um, hasn't re- allowed a receiving touchdown all year which is what I like. And in his entire career, two penalties. Ooh, so, um, that's not, I like the whole, like ooh. no penalties. That's, that's a big, big, big one. Uh, Green Bean, what about you? Big, dude, discipline. Yeah. yeah I, I, like 100%. I think he's someone who, who you can trust in so, coverage, which is rare for Jets linebackers. Nice. You guys want, you got, I got uh, spot track open. Ooh. You want to hear? Yeah. Yeah. Names? Throw some linebacker names out there for us. Uh, they got Donta Hightower is up there obviously jared davis like we said um aj johnson let's see christian kirksey there's anthony walker uh neville hewitt's out there john bostic uh kevin minter quan alexander's coming around again lj fort Ogletree, Nick Hardy Nickerson's out there. Hardy Nickerson Jr. Nick uh, Reggie Ragland. So I mean, it's not. It's kind of th- slim pickings for the most. Harvey Langy's around. Yeah. So let me let me <laughs> rattle off a few names that are are interesting right now. And it's this is uh, Pro Football Focus's list of the top available free agents, most likely. Number one, Devonte Adams. Number two, Terran Armstead, tackle for the Saints. Uh, Chris Godwin, wide receiver, Tampa Bay. Obviously, probably not going to be that high up on the list with the ACL tear. Chandler Jones, uh, number four. Von Miller, number five. Allen Robinson, wide receiver from Chicago, number six. Carlton Davis from Tampa Bay, cornerback. Safety, Marcus Williams from the Saints. Orlando Brown Jr., tackle from the Chiefs. Mike Williams, wide receiver from the Chargers. That's the top ten. Uh, to go down to like linebacker, it's weird because they everyone's an edge right now. So what linebacker wise, I'm probably scrolling pretty far. Like yeah. I'm down to pick twenty right now, and I'm still not at a legit linebacker. Um, ba, 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 edge, tight end, tight end. Man, lots of edges. Guard. 
I'll find one. It's going to be there. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm at 33. Ah, there's the first linebacker. Devontre Campbell, Green Bay Packers. Strengths, durability, tackling, downhill, play versus the run, weakness, one-year wonder, can get caught out of position on coverage. Um, do they say his age? Projected contract, two years, $13 million. Price-wise, that's probably in our wheelhouse for what we're looking for. Yeah, I'd say so. High single digits, somewhere around that. Uh, Foy, Foy said Olukun. Damn. Uh, Atlanta Falcons. So connection to Ulbrich right there. Uh, assuming he was there last year or two last year, two years ago. I don't, I don't know where he's been. So I'd have to actually do some searching, but filling against the run, identifying routes in his zone and speed are his strengths, weaknesses, defeating blocks at the second level, missed tackles and size or bulk would be his weaknesses. Uh, Folorenzo Fatukasi making the list at 41. There he is. Yeah, right? He's been he's been a ghost after yes. being called. He was number one in the NFL for run stopping. Mm-hmm. They put that out there. Everybody sang a little song about him, and he decided that's it. I don't need to do anything else. Safety Marcus May, number 45. See? Yeah. Yeah. We got some, we got some callers. Are they including his DW, his DUI and his uh, Achilles, or is this before they, that? They are. They're <laughs> not. Um, yeah. Man, you go down this whole list. There are not a lot of linebackers. Linebackers probably going to be a position in the draft that we're going to have to do. Dante Hightower comes in at fifty six. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, don't forget though, too, guys. Uh, the coaching staff is very high on Sherwood. Obviously, an Achilles tear is not what you want to see, but he's young. And, you know, they're big fans of him. And Hamza Nasruddin is, you know, he's he's a raw guy, but he's incredibly talented. In my opinion, uh, he was the steal of the draft for us last year as far as steals go. And I'm not saying he's the best player that we got, but he was an absolute steal in the sixth round. And he can, I mean, look, man, lots of guys are just special teamers and whatever, you know, what have you, their, their rookie year. These guys having a second training camp, you know, a full year in the system, uh, they can come out. And so I think that we already have some young guys. I do expect us to bring more guys in. The Jared Davis experiment, uh, I firmly believe that didn't work. But I also believe Quincy Williams is probably going to stay around. I, I, I think mm-hmm. that they're going to want to sign him. And he's a little spotty. You know what I mean? Like he's, you know, There's he plays really well. Right. Room for growth. But I think that they'll want to keep him around. I agree. I, agree. I would I would like to see Quincy come back on a deal. I think it will also help us in the long run, trying to bring back uh, Quinnen on a longer term deal. So I think it's almost two faceted. Um, not that you would necessarily sign a brother just to, to get a better deal on Quincy, but I think some of our free agents this year, guys like Braxton Barrios, guys like uh, Foley Fatukasi, um, maybe Keelan Cole. I would like to extend reasonable offers to those teams, uh, to those guys more not so much for them to take them if they do that's great if not i kind of look at it almost like a a good gesture for the rest of the team like okay hey look we're they're offering us a contract like that like you're playing within the scheme you're playing well fully not so much barrios is probably like the only one i really would like to get back um, yeah I, I would say he's just short of a priority free agent as far as our team goes i mean i think i would that, say he's know, our top one i, I don't yeah, know if there's another players and all that yeah 
Yeah, I think, you know, you know going, going back to maybe Morgan Moses' question. I'm sorry, yeah. I keep stepping on you. But uh, Sneakers to Boots question about, um, you know, who's the most improved. I think Berrios would qualify for, you know, there's an argument to be made for him. For sure. That That's a good one. Matt, what are your thoughts? Most improved and uh, is there a linebacker kind of – well, I already asked the linebacker question. Yeah, so. that was my main guy with linebacker. Most improved, I would definitely say LaFleur would have to be. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker, as the years got on, has gotten significantly better. Um, yeah. which is good. Um, I don't know. There's really not too many. Oh, uh, Elijah Moore too. Earlier in the Ooh, year. Yeah. Was, yeah, good actor, yeah so. that's a really good answer. One. Um, we answered the linebacker part. What the hell were we just talking? Oh, I know what I wanted to say earlier. So with the, you guys brought up bringing Quincy Williams back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I agree. I think he should be brought back, um, as more of like a rotational guy. I don't think he's, mm-hmm should be like, okay, this is our plan who's going to be a starting linebacker for us. But if you can rotate him in, I think, you know, that's probably more than fine. Um, but an interesting thing you brought up was with potentially signing Quinn and Williams. So I was going to ask, did you guys see the little debate on Twitter with some people wanting to trade Quinn and Williams? Oh, I'd be so mad. Well, you I, know I what, the, I, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. I It might have been Joe Caparoso that put that, uh, he like broke down Quinnen's stats and said, like, when you look at him on paper, he's not, he would not be a priority. He's not somebody that you would want to break the bank for. And people are thinking kind of with their emotions. I'm paraphrasing, but uh, mm-hmm. is that, did you see that? That, uh, that I didn't see. I, I thought, I think it was, um, oh my God, I can't, it might not be Caparoso, but it was. I thought Callie Jets shared something on it. I'm going to have to go back. Yeah, I think he, right. I think that was a retweet by Callie Jets. That's right. right. I'm going to try to scroll back. Okay, here we go. Uh, It's from Jets. Callie Jets is a huge Hamilton fan. If anybody knows Callie Jets (laughs) on Twitter, tell him, ask him lots of questions on why he loves Hamilton so much. Do that. (laughs) Tell him Green Bean sent you. You, it's uh, it was U Stadium actually who started it. Um, he said in November and December, eight games, Quinn Williams had 16 solo tackles, one sack, zero forced fumbles, and is a part of a team that is giving up 1,296 rushing yards, fourth worst. I would stop voting him to make the Pro Bowl. One, he doesn't deserve it. Two, if selected right. to the Pro Bowl, it ensures a cap raise of about five million dollars on his fifth year option. Trade him this offseason. Um, I, why I understand it for Jamal. I understood it for Leonard Williams because you drafted Quinnen Williams. The whole point that the jets want to do on defense is get after the passer, which Quinnen Williams is one of the best guys at getting pressures from the interior in the league. Uh, he's extremely young. He's homegrown drafted. He's a really good player. I think you pay him. That's that, that's what you, this whole cap space thing and, and trading assets was for. So you find these guys mm-hmm. and, and you pay them when it's time to pay them. I'm not saying make yeah. them the highest defensive tackle in the league, but he's he's a very good player. He should be yes. he should be a building block piece on this team. I, I why are you gonna you're gonna continue trade every good player you ever have just to keep uh-huh. the can down the road for a draft picks? <laughs> Fuck that man. Come on. We're drunk. 
it's just what we're used to, man. Like we're not used to, you know, we're, we're just, uh, we're a battered bunch. You know, we really are. We're a sick bunch of crazies. Just degenerates. But I agree. Um, I think, look, I think Quinn and Williams, there's an argument to be made that he disappointed this year, especially the last few games. He's been relatively quiet. But I think, you know, one of the one of the aspects of this that we can't really undervalue is that, guys, this is their first year with this new system. And they have moments and then they have dips, ups and downs, we call that. And I think uh, Quinnen is a young guy. He's a hardworking guy. He's a great team guy. He's a leader and he is effective. And like I said before, Quinnen Williams knows how to, even if, even when he's quiet all day, he knows how to come up with a big play when you need him to. Uh, he has a knack for that. Now, does he do it every time? No, but he does come up in big situations. And that's the types of players I would rather have rather than guys that, you know, uh, you, you know, first drive of the second quarter on first down, they get a sack for five yards and that's it for the, and then we just keep padding stats that way, but it doesn't really have any, uh, you know, you know, real, real impact on the game. Quinnen Williams on fourth down on third down, he knows how to be impactful on those plays. And I think you want to keep a young guy like that around because he's only going to get better as he becomes more comfortable with the system and then has linebackers behind him and all that sort of stuff. So I wouldn't want to see him be the highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL, but I would absolutely make a sincere effort to bring him back. So some interesting stats. Uh, he's number 31. Oh, sorry. He has 31 total pressures on the season. That's 22 among all defensive linemen uh his pass rush grade according to pro football focus lists him 13th overall in terms of defensive linemen uh with an 82.6 um he's above fletcher cox jj watt dexter lawrence uh vita vey lots of lots of people he's ahead of so i'm i'm a big fan of quinn williams i understand why people might be a little frustrated but i i would very much want to I would like to re-sign Quinnen this season to a reasonable deal. And I think if he if he balks at it, I would say, hey, that's fine. I want to keep this conversation open. Let's look, uh, you know, maybe partway through the season, try to extend you before we exercise, you know, the fifth-year option and everything. Uh, but I think the conversation, having that going is important. Uh, Benjamin God, I'm so bad with this last name. I'm sorry, Benjamin. But thank you so much for the super chat. He says, your Wi-Fi is much better this week. And what's with Matt taking off early every week for like the last month, you collaborating with Chris the Entertainer anytime soon. Um, so I haven't talked to Chris recently, uh, but him and I are always trying to trying to link up and do something. Usually the off season is where the, the Jets and Giants stuff really starts getting interesting, especially when we get into those top 10 picks because both of us, there's a real good shot. Uh, the Jets and Giants both have two top 10 picks this year. So I'm sure there's going to be a ton of discussion between the Jets channels and the Giants channels. Um, in terms of Matt taking off early each week, he, did, he didn't take off early this week. He's playing with us now. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's because I turn into a pumpkin at 10 o'clock. That's right. <laughs> no. well, you, you're a beautiful pumpkin. Who wants to say that? Um, no, but uh, the serious answer is that if there is a conflicting day where the Islanders play on Tuesday – I work for a, a website that covers them, and my job is to write the post-game articles. Um, so I, they, they don't write themselves. So I, I, I can't be in both places at the same time. I would love to be. Um, 
I'm just the moral of the story is I'm always working. So um, yeah, yeah, that that that's really it. Wouldn't there it be go. so much easier on all of us if videos just created themselves? Yeah, <laughs> we didn't have to sit and edit for friggin' hours to. That's what people don't yeah. realize is when you make videos for a very bad team, there's like trying to do a recap video that takes a few hours of editing and, and everything like that and posting. It's miserable. It. Yeah, you're not. You know, you're not getting many views on this video. Like every time I I do something, I'm like yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna do this <laughs> video for like a thousand yeah. views. Like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> Um, but Benjamin also points out your Wi-Fi is so much better. Well, cause I switch systems. I'm not relying solely on my Wi-Fi. I think basically all the little, uh, doodads that I have going on throughout the stream. Um, like my, my little jet that flies around. Um, I just got are... a text real quick. Yeah. Is it a, a breaking news? Ooh. Uh, huge penalty on bless on austin which kept the rams drive alive it was a third <laughs> oh love it. love it come on a gift that keeps on giving our defensive backs going over to the uh to the seattle seahawks so that's nothing good. would make me happier than watching him give up stuff i'm pretty jamal's out for is jamal out for the year now he's out for the year uh-huh. he's out for the year beautiful um and then is i think shell's still over there too right yeah, Brandon Shell has actually done. He's done he's well. well. He's been he's been a, a, a at at least an average tackle. He was he was pretty good for us too. He was, uh, you know, nothing to write home about. But he's probably a guy that we should have just kept. You know what I mean? But yeah, man. yeah, for sure. Um. Oh man. Well, I see touchdown Rams in the chat. Is that? Ah, yeah, touchdown Rams. Let's go. Ah, screw the Seahawks. Yo. So what's great is I want the Lions in the worst way to beat the Seahawks Ooh, <laughs> in the oh coming weeks. Oh, oh, could yeah. you imagine just getting like that little bit of like, okay, cool. Like we get the first pick because, or, you know, we, we get a better pick because Seattle or because the, the Lions wind up winning. And then we get a better pick because they wound up beating the team that traded us yep. their first round pick. Dude, that would be such a double whammy for us, man. Like Seattle loses, and we obviously know what that does for us. But then if if we if that like Detroit Jacksonville thing starts to creep and we flip and we oh my god, it'd be so great. I want Dude, all three of those teams to just keep winning. You know the uh, the teams ahead of us in the draft. Oh, for sure. Uh, Zizi Gable, brother, thank you so much for the super chat. It says a name gaining momentum in mocks. To us is Drake London. Thoughts. More is a stud, but we clearly need more. If not, let's. If not, let's. Who do you like it? If not, let's. Hmm? If not, let's neon. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't get the question. Uh, if not, let's something. Who do you like at wide receiver? If not, maybe it's. I don't, I don't know. Matt, I don't get. I don't get what's going. My brain broke on the last sentence. So words are this last sentence. Drake London's very different than Elijah Moore, um, because he's he's a big boy, six five. So that would be your different kind of wide receiver to potentially complement. So, um, I I don't think it's a terrible idea. There's there's wide receivers I like probably more than I really like the Alabama wide receiver. I think he's just going to be Williams. Yeah, I just think he's going to be a stud. Right, Every time yeah. the ball's in his hands, it's electric, kind of like more. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. He's someone that I would very much be interested in uh, getting size-wise um, without having done any research. It seems like he's hurt right now. 
Um, what round are they being mocked? Is he being mocked? I haven't seen any Drake London. London. Um, London you know so what round? The, this is the Chiefs, so I'm assuming end of the first round. Can the Chiefs afford to take this player in the first round, though? During that eighth game against Arizona, London suffered a season-ending ankle fracture. Uh, he was on pace to set USC records for receptions and yards in a single season. Uh, really, he was a col- on a collision course to solidify himself as a top 10 draft pick, but the injury now casts some doubt over him heading into NFL draft season. Surely he'll need to be given the all clear during combine medical checks. That's interesting. So you're saying this guy is a six foot five receiver who could have been a top 10 pick. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just checked to see where he was um, rated. Draft Tech, who I just I think they're probably the finest of the uh, rankings uh, sites. They had him as the number three overall wide receiver in this draft after uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Oh, okay. Chris Olave is one I don't want to touch really. Um, no a little slight. Yeah, that that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. Bit. Like, London's definitely someone from a frame perspective that that has me all sorts of excited. I think he's a big body receiver because I think we need a tight end that needs to be like a six foot four, six foot five, just big, massive target for Zach Wilson to hit. Um, so if you could get that via the wide receiver position, I'm I'm cool with that. Um, now we would be picking top of the second round if he falls to us. Sure. If he clears out all his medicals, he's probably going first round. So you're talking either a lot of trading down from the Seattle pick or moving up from our second round pick. Uh, so interesting. Interesting all the same. Uh, but I would sign off on on him at the beginning of the second round. We'll, we'll call it that. What about you, Matt? I, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I would feel comfortable taking him in the first round. Um, if you want to say like, hey, maybe in the second, do something like that. Or if you trade back and get like, I don't know, a later first and I don't know, like whatever team's trading up their second round pick this year and you have like three seconds and you want to try it with one of those, then maybe. But it's it's definitely there's a little risk involved and I don't know if I would want to do that in the first round for sure. Greenbean, what about you? How are you feeling about London based on the little bit we've uh, read about him? Well, you know, look, Joe Douglas in his first two seasons in the off seasons, he brought in rece- only receivers that were six two and above. It seemed like he had a type, which happens to be my type. Joe Douglas and I like the same types of girls here. You know, like <laughs> big wide receivers. All of them are known for blocking. Um, but then this staff comes in. They draft Elijah Moore, and they seem to be kind of leaning away at least to some degree from the bigger guys. Now Drake London is six foot five. So maybe that that you know that jumping ability and you know um you know in corner of the end zone type of stuff, maybe that's really attractive uh for them. But I, I don't know. I'm starting to think that maybe they grab another quick guy. We already have Corey Davis. I don't know what the deal is with Mims, and he's under contract for two more years. This year has been an absolute train wreck. Maybe they want to push reset with them next year. Mims um, is getting traded, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say or trade him. Uh, I think he's I going. Know. He's going to Carolina for a fourth. That's my. Dude, they're not letting Matt Rule do anything anymore. They're not letting him have control of any person. He's getting paid too much money. Dude's got to take control. 
He's going to be, he'll get to Sean Watson and he's going to get Denzel Mims. That's what's going to wind up happening. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. It's it's unfortunate what happened with Mims. Clearly I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his coming in and even up to this year, man, you know, and, and during this year, I just, I'm a, I'm a big believer in his ability. I don't know what the hell's going on with him, but it's unfortunate that we have to now look for that position because uh, we're not supposed to have to, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, but so I don't know, Drake London being six foot five, uh, maybe he, you know, maybe he's so big that he's attractive, but I think this staff wants more of those quick shifty guys. Um, that's what it seems like to me. So I don't know if that's a real fit. Yeah. You know, who seems like a fit that I don't particularly want is <laughs> Juju Smith Schuster. For whatever reason, yeah. when I watch him play, I'm just like, man, it seems like he would fit the bill for the type of receiver we're looking for. Um, but I very much don't like Juju. <laughs> so like, I don't really want him. I feel like he's a little too similar to Elijah Moore. Um, sure. Because he, he's more of like a slot guy who can play on the outside. But he's a good receiver. He just he bothers me, man. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, uh, I don't like him. Justin Rivera drops in with a super chat says uh, we need players, not picks. It's time to put our uh, put out a lineup to win starting next year. Enough is enough. Yeah. Look, I I'm done trading down. Uh, I shouldn't say I'm done trading down because if we wound up, God, if the Seattle pick was like really nice, (laughs) I'd I'd be pretty happy. Um, I had said for a while, if we got number one or number two, I'm all for trading down and just getting a bunch of picks. But it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case because of the the caliber of quarterback that's going to be coming out this year. It doesn't seem like there's going to be one that people want to trade up for um, the way we had this past year. So players, not picks for me. When I read a comment like that, I'm thinking blue chip players in the top 10. So like, let's get Thibodeau, let's get Hutchinson, whichever one. Let's go after, get Hamilton. Enough with the picks. Like We don't need an extra second or third round pick. We got two firsts. We got two seconds. We got a third. We got two fourths. We got two fifths. Um, I think there's yeah. plenty of, of draft picks to go around. Let's get some high caliber players. Green Bean, you look. What? Yeah. Uh, now I'm with you for this year. We have enough picks. You you can't just keep bringing in 10, 11 rookies um, every single year. But I will say, if you have the ability to trade back in the first a couple picks and gain a first for next year, like look how look how many options it gives us this year the fact that we have two firsts look Mm -hmm. at us last year we could take the quarterback and still take an offensive lineman this year if we only had one it would be an entirely different conversation so i'm with you on just trading back to accumulate thirds you know this year or anything but if you can move back a little bit and gain a first for next year because somebody wants to jump up and grab their quarterback uh, i would definitely consider that because having two firsts three years in a row would be exceptional. Matt, what are your thoughts on more play? Uh, we need players, not picks. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's kind of where I'm at now too. I'm kind of just over the whole, um, you know, want to wanting to lose for the draft picks and all this draft assets like cap space and draft assets is all fun and good, but you have to start eventually using it on, on good players and good people. Um, 
So while while I get that logic, I, I just want to watch competitive and good football. So I'm kind of over the let's just you know keep this thing rolling and rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. They have to get moving now. Oh, get this. Okay. We got a super we chat fixed. coming in from our buddy, Benjamin, who told me how to pronounce his name right now. It's Win. My last name is pronounced Win. <laughs> I see oh, it in the yeah. chat. I see it's highlighted my name. So Benjamin Win. Thank you for the super chat, brother. He says, rooting big time for a Sea Frauds loss since I'm a Rams fan. Whatever it takes for Wilson to get out of the West. I'll be a happy camper. Pat's being good this year really pisses me off. Bill needs to retire. Yeah, that pisses all Jet fans off too. We would love to see Bill Belichick retire. We would love to see the Bills go into like quarterback purgatory for 30 to 80 years or so. Um, and then, you know, just a small range. Um, and, then, and then, yeah, we're all rooting for Seattle to lose. Um, Rams fan. I like it. See, this is what's cool when we when we wind up getting other teams' fans, because then you can give us a an unbiased opinion on on certain stuff that yeah all of us have green colored shades on for. Um, Russell Wilson. So I guess let, let let's talk about that part of his comment. Where do we think Russell's going to go? Because I have a hunch of where I think he's going to go, but it kind of depends on on a few things. I think there's a real good shot he ends up on the Giants. I think they have the two first in the top 10, and I think they got Daniel Jones, who's a tradable commodity, um, on a cheap deal. So I'm, I'm going to say I think he goes to the Giants. I agree. I think it's the Giants, unfortunately. Yeah, it's going to be frustrating. I like Russell, and I don't have anything really against the Giants. I just It would suck to like have the second-worst quarterback of the two New York teams. Well, Green, what, what about you? Where, you, where, you where, where, where do you think <laughs> Russell's going? I think uh, I think Seattle is just going to keep them. That's what I think. I think it's all not going to come to pass. That's what I think. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I have to throw this comment on the screen. Scratch Legba says Rich Samini should gargle crazy glue and amputate his fingers. Oh, hashtag boycott oh the beat. Gosh. <laughs> Gargling the crack. You laugh harder than that. Uh, I thoroughly encourage you to because I, oh God, I just love seeing this kind of shit. Um, all yeah, right. Well, let, Kyle. let me reiterate. Let me reiterate, Ryan. Yeah. There was, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. there's like 250 more people in here than when we were talking about it. Uh, guys, if we are tired of the beat, which a lot of us are, remember, we have 100% of the power. All we have to do is unfollow them and stop clicking their stuff, and the narrative will change. They're keeping it this way because we keep clicking. And, you know, there are threads under their articles of 800 comments. So from the money men, they're looking at it like, good job, Samini. And he can be a complete piece of trash. And, and you have to remember, just be real with yourself. When is the last piece of actual intel or inside scoop that any of our beat reporters have ever given. They're supposed to be the ones that Rappaport says, uh, Samini reported, you mm -hmm. know, that's the way it's supposed to be, but they have nothing. They can't even get Joe Douglas to sit with them. So um, remember that you don't need them. You have us. We can, we can listen to the presser and tell you what happened and what we think. You don't need these guys to tell you the same shit that we can all watch. Um, so, unfollow unclick and the narratives will change i completely agree completely agree it's the We're reason we all started uh these channels 
Uh, and right. I see Dom C trying to drop in with a super chat. He dropped in with a $5 super chat. Then message got retracted. Then he dropped in with a $2 super chat with no message. So Dom C, I'm going to keep an eye out on the chat. Greenbean and Matt, you guys also keep an eye out. If you see Dom C with a yeah. comment in there, I want to make sure we read it. And our boy Ali's in the chat. Look at Ali. He goes, hey, I had Ali. more scoops than the best last season with the Jets uh, visits they had during the offseason. See? He meant beat. He meant beat. Yeah, right? then the beat That's last right, season. Yeah. I knew what he meant. Yeah. I just said it wrong. <laughs> Because I said CB. Yeah, no, dude, Ali over at Loyal NY Jet fans, that's where I get a lot of my Jet news from. That and uh, right. the Jet Nation forums where things just kind of like... Think about like it. Ali, Ali got press access last year. He went he's a good dude, and he's and fair. Like, like it, it feels he's like dude, he's, he's trying to find yeah, the optimistic legit. side of things. Like, yeah, like I, he's not going to drag anyone through the dirt. And like there's there's you know positives for people that are, are willing to kind of maybe err on that side but i think we have so much negativity in our beat watching ali's stuff is just like refreshing I yeah agree. man he gave us more value than than connor hughes or or whoever else mark canazero dude they provide nothing they mm -hmm. only watch the same stuff we watch and they give us negative takes that's all they do they have designs on upsetting you because that's how they get their reactions and everything. So again, like follow Ali, find that you Sabo and Je the JetX guys are good. They have, they have le a legitimate takes from people who understand the game of football, not Samini and Manish and all these losers that only want to inflame us. That's all they want to do. Seriously. If you guys want to follow like aside from following Green Bean and Matt and Jets Media and Ali and all those guys, the guys over at Jets X Factor, Nania, Sabo, Blewett, those guys are like legit, like really, yeah. really like nose to like the tape and just like watching everything. It, it's fantastic watching some of their articles pop up. Um, Sabo's legit, dude. Sabo's a good dude. Um, yeah. Guys, we have another qualifier for our T-shirt giveaway uh where did i see it where did it pop up 1189 paris don't worry i know you're subscribed nightbot just says everyone's unsubscribed i have a new bot that's going to be trying at some point um or that i'm going to be trying but i don't know if it's going to be i got to figure out how to make it work entirely because i'm not entirely sure how this one works so this one's supposed to be pretty cool where we can have some poll questions and things like that so we'll we'll see if not i'll just have nightbot be my irritating moderator <laughs> in the chat uh, Kyle Ormsby dropped in with the super chat. Kyle says, if we beat the Jags, we will miss out on Thibodeau and Hutchinson. Who do we go after at that point? So realistically, I think when I look at our last three games and I see the Jaguars, I see the Bucks, and I see the, um, the Bills. I think the Bills are in a position where they're going to have to win the last game of the season. So I don't think we're going to win that. I do think the Bucks uh, are a better team with us. They're going to be getting Antonio Brown back and we should wind up losing to them. So the, the Jags game is really the, the all important question. If that is the only game we wind up winning, the farthest we fall down is fourth overall. Um, so for me, if it goes four, and let's say the two edge rushers are off the board and Evan Neal, but I don't know if that's even the case. Like I think Evan Neal, I think there's, I think there's a shot that, we can still get one of the top edge rushers at four because I think there's a real shot that the Texans go quarterback. Um, so that's the only thing I kind of have sort of going for us, even though it's, it's a little bit of a reach, but to me, it feels 
not necessarily further of a reach than than Daniel Jones at number six uh, with the Giants that year. <laughs> so it let's say worst case scenario, both edges are gone, and like it's probably Evan Neal if he's gone. Um, then I'm probably looking at Hamilton. And then depending on where the Seahawks pick is, I would go edge there. But I really yeah. like Ojibo. I really like Karloftis. Either one of those yeah. guys I would be fine with. Taking them top five, at that point you're kind of splitting hairs a little bit. Um, if I'm okay taking him at eight, I should be fine taking him at four. Um, so for me, I would still want to go edge. Hamilton would probably be my top pick because I like the two other edges. Uh, that could be around at the eighth pick anyway. Um, Greenbean, what are your thoughts? If we beat the Jags, we miss out on Hutchinson and Thibodeau. Um, who would we take at number four? Because I was just saying how number four is the farthest we're going to fall you. back if we get one win. Yeah, I was listening. Uh, and I actually agree with how you said it. Now, the where I disagree, I, I find it difficult to think that we will draft Evan Neal. I just don't see that coming. Ooh. Um, Sorry, could, I, I, I wasn't saying draft Evan Neal. I was saying I think he goes before us. I, I think um, oh, I, th- okay. I think it's either him or Corral that goes to the tech. Or if if the Texans don't go with a quarterback, I think they go an edge rusher. The Jags, I, I don't think go an edge rusher. I think they go with Evan Neal. Um, so I'm, it's sort of a weird hypothetical. Although I will say this, I think there's a higher than zero percent chance that we consider moving Becton if Neil is there. I mm. think it's it's a not 0% chance. Not I, I don't zero. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think it happens. I think it's severely unlikely. But if someone were to come in and say, hey, we'll give you, I don't know what it would be, a first and a second or or whatever, like if, if there's some concern, I think there's enough of a potential question mark that it – it might be possible since we're in such a position to get that player, but I don't know. I, I, I think tackle seems like a reach that early for us. Center, I can I could live with. I disagree with with your Neil th- take because I think the Jets could see it as insurance. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is I still I personally believe that Makai Becton is going to be fine and he's your yeah. left tackle of the future. Yeah. But if you take Evan Neal and something does happen with Makai Becton where he's injured again. He is someone who could play left tackle. He's mm-hmm. played right tackle all year, and he's also played guard in the past. So it's his versatility to me that I think makes him worthy of a top five pick because the Jets could say, okay, we want to bring back Morgan Moses, but we'll play Neil at right guard instead. Or mm-hmm. let's say you don't bring back Morgan Moses, then you could say, all right, we'll play Neil at right tackle then. Um, and if none of that works and Makai Becton gets hurt, then you can say, all right, well, now Evan Neal could be our left tackle of the future. Mm-hmm. So um, I really disagree. I think his versatility makes him extremely draftable for the Jets. Interesting. Well, to be so clear, would that be- I well, – go on, Ryan. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. You go on. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with every word Matt just said. Uh, the only thing is, is like when you're looking at top five picks or so, um, drafting a position that we do already have, like we have Becton and Fant even without Moses. And then we have Chuma Idoga and Connor McDermott. Like we have some depth there. 
Um, not to say that we shouldn't add somebody. I find it difficult to think that we'll use a top five pick on a position that we at least have potential starter quality at uh, when we have such glaring holes is my only point. I think Evan Neal's fantastic for the reasons that that Matt said. Versatility is king, man. Uh, which is why I think uh, you know Fant has su such legitimate value because uh, he can actually play all over the place and play it well. Uh, again, I just think like we have serious holes at edge, at linebacker, at safety, and he, you know potential arguably cornerback one, and they need using your top five premium pick on on that in my in my mind. That's fair. So. So, Greenbead, who would you want to go for, assuming Thibodeau and Hutchinson are gone and we're sitting at number four? What would what would be your pick, you think? I'm going Hamilton. But mm -hmm. I also, if, you know, I do like Karloftis. I think Karloftis is going to have a good combine. That's what mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are going to be kind of woken up to him a little bit. And uh, I think we're going to see some jostling, just like we saw Thibodeau was the penciled-in number one up until that three sack game uh, that, you know, like two weeks ago that uh, Hutchinson had, and then all you know, everybody's flipping them and putting Hutchinson up top. I think we're going to see more of that, excuse me, throughout the off season. So I would be perfectly fine uh, if Karloftis, if they think he's another legitimate starter type, uh, I'm fine with that too. I really want him to edge up top, but if not, I would grab, uh, the, the truly generational talent at a position of dire need in, in Hamilton. So like worst case scenario, both tackles and Hamilton are off the board. Like I, I love playing this game. <laughs> are you, what's yeah, that like fourth pick? And right? no like, trade. Yeah. No trade. We're, we're staying where we're at. Um, I, I might, uh, I might grab whoever my top corner is. I might, I might do that. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, look, Stingley's up and down sauce Gardner. There's a, there's quite a few. Um, I would maybe grab cornerback one because that mm. would be nice to have in this defense, a good cornerback, like an elite type cornerback with the rest of the group. Uh, if not, man, linebackers, a huge need. And I think uh, there are three linebackers that I think might be worthy of that high of a pick. Uh, so I might, I might do that as well. Think about having that, that not to say he's Micah Parsons, but that young animal, you know, Devin white kind of a guy mm. that's running around in there. Uh, alongside of Mosley, I think that can change the defense as well. Matt, what about you? Where you sit if uh, Thibodeau and Hutchinson are both gone? Who do you think is the third player on your board, and who would be the fourth player? Um, or for the like for the Jets? Yeah, yeah. Like let let's say we're sitting at four. We beat the Jags. You know, we lose out the rest of the games. We're sitting at four. Thibodeau and Hutchinson are both off the board. Who would be your your third choice and who would be your fourth choice? Because you know, obviously, the the third pick might be taken. Yeah, um, I'm really a big Karloftis guy. Um, I know that's controversial to some, um, but I, I would still think taking the third quote unquote best uh, mm -hmm. edge would be more beneficial to this system than taking um, Kyle Hamilton. I'm I'm not on that train. Mm -hmm. um, I I like Linderbaum a lot. Um, I like Evan Neal. I you could sell me on the wide receiver that we talked about um, mm -hmm. earlier, going wide receiver with the second pick. But um, to me, it, it's going to be hard to get me off of George Karloftis with the Jets' first pick because I think, um, 
like you said, both the top two edges will be gone. And I really think that's what this defense is lacking yeah. based on, you know, what they're trying to do. We know what Salah and Ulbrich like, and it's to get after the passer. Uh, and they've had no edge presence all year long because Carl Lawson's lost for the year. Vinnie Curry, who they brought in, lost for the year. And Bryce mm-hmm. Huff's a rotational guy. I like Bryce Huff, but he's a rotational guy. And he's been uh, gone too. And he's been right. And he's been gone most of the year. So um, I, I really think that's the position they prioritize early. Um, that was not the comment I wanted to put on the screen. Sorry, WA2K. Uh, Phil Adams says beating Jacksonville equal Jets getting the picking at number six. That's not true. Um, if the Jets wind up winning, they are. Hold on. Let me let me pull up Tankathon just so I'm not misspeaking, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Yeah, it does depend on what other yeah. teams do, but Jacksonville stays nah, at dude. number one. So, so if the Jets beat Jacksonville, we go to four and eleven, and the Giants have four wins, and the Bears have four wins. And right now, especially after beating the Jaguars, like our strength of schedule is going to drop below five hundred. Yeah. So we're going to wind up having an even better strength of schedule than the Giants. So there's there's no way, even with the Bucks, the Bills are losing so many games right now that there is no way we're going to have enough games to fall below the strength of schedule that the Giants have, regardless of who they're playing. Um, so the farthest the Jets can fall with a single win through these three games is four. Um, hmm. So that's just where that is. Let me see. I had another super chat in here. Tell me I just I probably missed it. Okay. Let me go back. Marcus Metcalf. I'm going to get your, your comment on the screen in two seconds. <laughs> I have to I have to write my own message. So that way it actually can be shown. I apologize. Uh, all right. Bam. There it is. Marcus Metcalf drops in with a super chat, says Traylon Burks is a big body receiver that Zach needs, or is the big body that Zach needs. Big hands, wide catch radius, good speed, razor back fan report. Um, all right, so let's let's who was it, Ryan? Who did he say? Traylon Traylon Burks Burks B U R K S. Yeah, see what what's this guy about? He's six foot three, 225. Um, junior, I'm assuming 21 years old, he'll be 22 in March, yeah, probably a senior. Um, let me see if I can see. Draft profile. I really like uh, the draft network's way they they break people down. Uh, So ideal role, the possession receiver that can use his big frame to shield defenders from the ball and consistently catch 50-50 balls. Scheme fit, a system that can get uh, get the ball in his hands quickly so he can use his frame to break tackles and fight for extra yardage. Um, Film evaluation. They gave him an 82 and a half out of a hundred. They're saying he's a second round pick. So receiver in the second round. Yeah, I, I could get on that. I mean, I definitely, when I'm looking at players or positions of need, I would really like to address cornerback tight end and wide receiver in free agency. And then when we hit the second round, I'm probably looking to try depending on what happens with the, like the first picks, if we get Hamilton or not, but um, I would probably be looking tight end safety wide receiver 
and cornerback with, with, with early picks. Like our top, what do we got? Five picks in the top 50 something picks or whatever. Um, yeah. We're going to have a lot of areas to improve. Tight end is one I want to double dip at for sure. Um, wide receiver. I might forego it if we get someone bigger in, in free agency. Like Michael Gallup is definitely the, the guy that I'm kind of keeping my eye on because I think he might be out or potentially Amari Cooper. If Amari Cooper gets cut to allow the Cowboys to sign Michael Gallup because he's got a $20 million contract um, that could be uh, could be an option uh, as well. Sneakers to boots, brother. Thank you so much for becoming a member of the Economy Channel. He's been a member for 12 months. Nice. He says, congrats, Ryan, on the newest Little Jet fan. Unfortunately, that, I was kind of torn, right? Like, So for those of you just hopping in the stream, I found out I'm going to be a girl dad coming June 2022. Very excited. Um, but I run into this conundrum. Do I put my child through the pain of being a yeah. fan of the Jets? I have to, right? I can't. Yeah. I need some help in here. Becca's a Jet fan, but she does. She, she's like, I'll go go hang out. I'll go do something else. I want someone like crying with me. I want someone who's who's passionate with me. And uh, baby girl's probably going to be... Uh, I don't know. Do I get child protective services called on me because I make him a jet fan? Is that, is that what winds up happening to this fanhood? I don't know. I could do, I've, I've heard what I've, what I've heard other people do. And I don't think I'm going to do this because I'm stubborn. Um, but I've heard you give your kids the whole slew of teams and you say, Hey, no bills, no Patriots, no dolphins, no giants, pick whatever other team you want or, or insert, you know, have a blacklist of like certain names, certain teams you don't like. I can, I can understand that. Billy McLean says, no, save your daughter, Ryan. <laughs> I know. I tried to make my son a Ravens fan. He wouldn't do it. Oof. Wouldn't do it. And now my daughter's walking around with Jet shirts on. Poor oh. kid. Greenbean, do you like having that bond, though, with your kids? Like, from the yeah. father perspective? I was going to say, that's some that's something I'm definitely looking forward to. My yeah. son and I, we, we throw the ball around a lot, right? So... And uh, we'll sit out there tossing the ball, talking Jets for an hour, two hours. Like, that's what mm -hmm. we do. It's like, it's incredible, man. You guys are going to love it if you ever get there. Believe me. I, um, one of those things that I, I've, I've heard a lot of, of people say, my neighbor's a, a Jet fan, real good guy. He's got two daughters. Um, the girl-dad bond that a father and daughter have is something that I've been told is just Second to none. Just absolutely awesome. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'd be lying if I wasn't like, you know, a little like, oh, you know, I was like, come on, boy. Like, <laughs> we could we could be Jet fans and like all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? As long as this girl's got 10 fingers, 10 toes, I am perfectly happy. It doesn't matter to me, boy or girl. I'm going to have just as much fun. Um, and actually, <laughs> fun fact, after we found out, uh, actually, no, I didn't find out it was a girl. We told my parents that we were having a kid <laughs> and so we went down to florida and uh we were gonna do um we were gonna get massages because becca's pregnant we didn't want to do like you know have any pressure on her back or anything she's like oh I'm, I'm gonna go get a pedicure i was like all right yeah i'll get a pedicure too i could use like a, a belt sander to my to my feet and mm -hmm. I, i've done it before where i've gotten like the little clear coat on it <laughs> and i'm standing there and i'm like I'll take that color. <laughs> so right now, your boy's got lime green. Oh, where is it? 
lime green toenails. Amazing. <laughs> lime, awesome. lime green toenails for the Jets. So, you know what? Hate all you want. I don't care. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Girl, you are. I'm going to be a good girl, Dad. That's almost, uh, that's almost sexy, Ryan. Oh, yeah, right? See, Dave Miller says gross. Oh, pipe Dave down. Miller, come <laughs> on. Here's the thing. The people who have... WA2K says, turn in your man card. Dude, I got married and I have a kid on the way. I can't turn in the man card. Dude, you sacrifice... Right, you sacrifice all sorts of stuff. You're going to be wearing a dress, drinking imaginary tea in no time. You'll see. Dude, I'm going to be the guy that wears the pilot hat and some big-ass friggin' sign at the ballet recital. Like, I don't care. <laughs> That's my kid. I'm going to be all excited. Dude, I don't I don't care what happens, what sport right. they play or whatever. Uh, we're seeing a bunch of comments. Final score, 10 to 20 Rams over the Seahawks. Eat a Woo! big old bag of dicks. So uh, talk about it, Ryan. What, where does that put, where does that put the Seahawks? Jets, they haven't updated the standings. They'll be five and nine. We stay at the same pick because um, Carolina has a worse strength of schedule. So we stay at the eighth pick right now. Um, And then who do they play? They got the Rams have two or no, sorry, not the Rams. The Seahawks have two winnable games left. Um, Isn't it Detroit and Arizona? I think it's the ah, no, they, well, they have three games left. So they have, where is it? Rams, Bears, and Lions. Those are their last three. You know, let me point something out, too. Did you guys see how badly the Cardinals played without D-Hop? Like, Dude, so, I love D-Hop. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's so great. But, like, look, and, like, so we just continually undervalue how much of an impact it is to lose the players you know, that are, you know, your starting players. Like, look, the Cardinals just got beat by Detroit uh, in the first game that D-Hop was out. And, uh, you know, nobody says anything. Oh, hey, D-Hop was out there. But he loses Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Michael Carty. loses all these guys, Zach, that is. And everybody goes, yeah, he's supposed to be great. He's a fucking rookie. You know what I mean? Can we give this guy a damn break, for God's sakes? Oh, yeah, 100%. Rusty Spooner drops in with a great comment. He says... Rainy city bitch pigeons. <laughs> I've never heard the Seahawks Rainy called that. I, I, I like I like the Jaguars coming up. They're the meth kittens. I've heard that. That's probably my favorite version of them. Uh, the rainy yeah. city bitch pigeons is definitely something on my list. Uh, so we reached. The, we've actually reached the edge of, end of our show, believe it or not. Um, yeah, so quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna have Green Bean. Could you go to last week's talking jet stream, Matt? Could you go to yesterday's? Um, yes, stream, and we're gonna pick five names from each video. And if you're watching this after the fact, make sure you leave a comment down below. Um, and you'll get qualified for next week's t shirt giveaway. Um, okay, so right now I have Mark Riss, Antonio Mancini. Gitmo Bob, Eliza, Elias Soleranzo, Solorzano, sorry, uh, Jets Forever, Silas Jones, Zach Wilson is number one, Braden Bethwaite, 1189 Paris, and Kelly McTavish. You guys are all qualified for tonight's t shirt giveaway. Um, Green Bean, do you have five names for me? Jake Asman. 
Oh, just, there yeah. we go. <laughs> he could if you want. He's in there. Yeah. Uh, throw him in Raf, there. Rafi Sanders, R-A-F-I Sanders. Okay. Chris Reynolds. Okay. Gitmo Bob. Nope. Got to pick another one. Already got Gitmo. Okay. Ed Vargas. Ed Vargas. All right. One more. And Phil Adams. Phil? Who just said goodnight. It's 3 a.m. in the UK. He just said goodnight. Oh, hey, Phil Adams, you better hang around. You never know. Don't go to bed yet. (laughs) Don't go to bed yet, Phil. (laughs) Matt, give me five names. Uh, we're gonna do Jets, babe. Ooh. Um, this one made me laugh. Happy tanking. <laughs> okay. Value books. Value books. All right. Bro, bro Z. Bro Z. Okay. And Matt McCormick. Ooh. Matt McCormick. Um, I don't know if Matt McCormick is the Matt McCormick I went to high school with, but M squared, if that's you, I'm going to be pretty happy. I'm going to find out your, your mailing address. and I'm going to wind up driving you a shirt uh, from across the border here. Um, all right. So we got all our names. We're going to play some Rochambeau, not Rochambeau. Sorry. Odds are evens. We're playing odds are evens. So boys, get your fingers ready. Ah, okay. Three, two, one. All right, evens are gone. Bam, bam. Let's see where we end up. All right, three, two, one. Odds. Oh, sorry, Happy Tanking. You're out of here. All right. (laughs) Jake Asman is still in the running. Let's see what I... I would like to get Jake on here. We'll we'll get him on Yeah, he's great. He was on Matt's right. show. He did a great job. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Three, yeah. two, one. Six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, there we go. Math is hard. Ah, uh, oh, there goes Jake Asman. <laughs> Sorry, dude. We're down to two. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. So, chat, first number that pops up in the chat. We're going with that. I'm not even taking our numbers. We're not, we're not doing anything. Let's see. Ooh, a six. Oh, no way. No way. I'm kind of happy this worked out the way it did. Oh. <laughs> Number, the, the the person who won. Zach Wilson. On this side. Zach Wilson is number one. <laughs> Zach Wilson is number one. You have qualified, or not qualified, you have won a shirt. Zach Wilson is number one. You qualified for the T, or qual- I keep saying it. You won a T-shirt. Nice. You want a t-shirt today, make sure you reach out to me on social media so that way I get your information and we can definitely get you a shirt. But guys, that's our show. We had a lot of fun hanging out with you. We'll be back here next week, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. You guys have a very, very Merry Christmas uh, or Happy Holidays, Christmas Hanukkah, however they call it. Um, you guys are great. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to have you two in my life and all... 200 whatever people in the chat uh free any last words for our panel in 25 minutes we will be having the 10 30 show on green bean jets fans youtube i'll see you guys over there 
Matt, any last words for our panel? Boycott the beat. Oh, I love it. I love it. Mic drop, my friend. Mic drop. See, here's how I go. This is my mic drop. Oh, I can't believe it's staying. Sorry. It's, it's on a it's on a stand. Uh, boys and girls, it's been a lot of fun. Love hanging out with you guys. My name's Ryan. I've been your pilot. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-A!